one. Isn't it funny how sometimes you can hear a song a hundred times and then there's just one time you hear it and it just hits you straight in the center like a sledgehammer. And I just feel like that is what this morning was for me. And I just feel like God is in this place. Um, you know, he is worthy of every song we can sing. He is worthy of all the praise we can bring. He is worthy of every breath we can breathe. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jessie Mostogel, and I've been a part of Door of Hope for um, almost 14 years to the day now since we moved to Australia. Um, and this is the first time I'm bringing the message, and I'm a bit nervous, so I'm going to start with a bit of prayer. <sighs> Dear Lord, thank you so much that we were able to gather in this place and online today. I really pray, God, that you give us strength wisdom and I pray that every word from this message is of you and will connect directly to who you want it to connect with. Thank you so much Lord for our day and we lay it before you today. Amen. So as I said my name is Jessie and I have the wonderful privilege of being a wife to Adam. Um, I'm a mother of two beautiful boys. I'm a daughter, I'm a friend, um, and I'm a sister. And I have the wonderful privilege of being part of this big family here. Now, like a cheesy married couple, Adam and I are going to be two parts of one whole message today. I'm going to be bringing some thoughts and wonderings to the table while Adam is going to bring some practical ideas to take into our everyday lives. How I like to think, about, think of it is I'm the brains and he's the brawn of the operation. <laughs> so I thought I'd start a little bit with my journey with God. Originally, a few years ago, I would have felt that my journey was a bit weird, maybe a bit embarrassing. It wasn't like the others I'd heard. It was probably a bit boring or vague. But that's sort of changing for me. Recently, I've learned that my story with God is just that. It's mine. It's precious. And I'm loving it. I have no inspiring, life-changing transformation. And I can't remember one key moment where I knew I believed in the truth of Jesus. I just always believed. I cannot remember a time before believing. I just know that Jesus was there every day and always. Kind of like a relationship with an old friend. Someone you never remember meeting. They just seem to have always been there and will always be there. And like a friendship, it takes work. I've been through seasons where I felt like God and I were side by side, holding hands, walking down the beach. And I could feel him there. We were so close. And then I've gone through seasons where, like we do with friendships, life gets in the way and I forget to check in and we um, drift apart. I'm not perfect and my relationship with God is most certainly not perfect. Kind of like Ruth's graph from a few, few weeks ago or as Sarah and Tracy talked about, we go through seasons and um, mine definitely has its ebbs and flows. But over the past few years, we've been through some pretty drastic seasons. We've had some amazing highlights. 
For example, we welcomed our two beautiful boys into the world, now both five and three. We've seen our business that myself and my husband run together take flight and we've had the opportunity to build some amazing friendships and see our wonderful country. We've also had some massive challenges. For example, my adjustment to motherhood took some work. It didn't help that both my boys had some health complications. Speaking of which, our youngest son, Zach, spent most of uh, 2018 and early 2019 in hospital, which was a huge challenge, but that's a story for another day. Also, while we love our work, my, it does take my husband, Adam, right across the country with huge amounts of travel, meaning that we do miss him. So we kind of like the isolation of last year. It meant he was actually home. But the biggest faith challenge I've faced recently has been over the last 12 to 18 months. I've had a massive internal struggle, one coupled with heavy anxiety, huge doubt, massive panic, weighing me down, like a storm inside myself, shifting the entire way I understand who I am and how I relate to my faith. I like to call it my pre-midlife crisis, because I don't like to think I'm midlife yet. This has left me questioning a lot of things. But in all the chaos that is my mind, I do, I choose to put it before God, even when I don't feel like. Even on days where I question if he's even there next to me, I make the choice to put it before him at his feet. This also means that I'm wrestling with what it means to be every day. What does my everyday even look like? And what? And that's what I want to share with you today, if that's okay. These are a few of my little wonderings and things that I'm wrestling with at the moment. So if I had to give today um, today's message a name, I would call it, There is More to the Montage. So to give a bit of context, Adam and I met on the doorstep of, door, um, of our small group the day after he became a Christian. And we bonded immediately over our shared love of classic movies. While that statement might be true, it is also incredibly false. Because my idea of a classic movie are things like Singing in the Rain, Oklahoma, um, Sound of Music, anything with a lovely song, a beautiful message, makes you feel happy. Adam's idea of a classic movie is anything by Hitchcock or Kubrick with classic cut shots and scary themes like Psycho, The Shining, The Birds. Now, you can see where the mismatch happened, okay? So our first date came around and he said he'd bring a classic around for us to watch. So I'm hoping for something really nice and uplifting. He brings The Shining. <laughs> so I sit there petrified, peeping through, ooh, ooh, peeping through my fingers to try and keep a hold of the plot line. And to make matters worse, once it had finished, I was so terrified, I made him stay for an extra hour and a half to watch an Afrikaans comedy with me, of which he did not understand a word. <laughs> Thankfully, 14 years later, we still love classic movies and we've learned to tolerate each other's. Now, the reason I tell the story is movies use this wonderful little tool called a montage to show the passing of time, great transformations, or daring adventures in a matter of minutes. 
They are just the highlights set to music and are awfully entertaining, but it leaves out what can be the hardest part of life, the in-between time, the everyday. I highly doubt people would be incredibly riveted by watching Rocky mindlessly eating his breakfast, or Indiana Jones traipsing through the jungle looking for the loo, or an hour looking over Rapunzel's shoulder as she flicks through a book. It might not be entertaining, but it's incredibly important. A healthy breakfast, a healthy mind, a healthy bowel. These things are so important. There is so much important everyday life crammed in between these frames of a montage. And it is this stuff that God wants. He wants us to lay at his feet all the in-between time, not just our carefully crafted montage. So Romans 12 verse 1. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Now, this often leaves me wondering, really, God? Is this really what you want? You want all of this. I'm not my best. Do you really want this? as an offering to you? And the answer every single time is a resounding yes. If we look to the Bible, it might not be put to music, but it is a brief account of the great and epic history of God and his creation. It spans thousands of years and people and kilometers, and it would be impossible to include all the in-between time in that. But that doesn't mean it wasn't important. The Bible even references this in-between time. For example, we've got Joseph and his son Jacob, um, sorry, Joseph, son of Jacob, who spent two years in jail before Pharaoh had his dream and set him free. We've got Noah, who spent 40 days and 40 nights floating on water. We've got Moses and the Israelites who spent 40 years Um, wandering through the desert only for the next generation to enter the promised land. And we've got Jesus, who was 30 years old when he started his ministry. There is a lot of in-between time, a lot of sleeping, eating, pacing up and down, a lot of wondering, are we there yet? Time. Now, my struggle is, what do I do with this time? What do I do with my in-between, my everyday I'm a person who's not good at routines, and I often forget that I need Jesus every single day. And recently, we've been thrust into this hyper-normality where the usual distractions of work events, family um, gatherings, travel, have been taken away from us, and we're left with this empty void of time. And I'm left wondering, how do I give this to God? How do I give my mid-morning breakfast? How do I give my video conference attire? You know what I mean. How do I give my moaning at my kids for moaning at me for moaning at each other? How do I give my mindlessly staring out the window to God? So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. 
take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. I forget that God has blessed us with in-between time to prepare, to grow, to rest, to breathe him in, and to breathe his glory out. But I face a problem, and here's the problem. When we spend our lives always living in and for the challenges and highlights of life, always living up here, it ends up being draining, demanding, and ultimately defeating. Because when we spend our lives up here and we don't have the ebbs and flows, we never know the magnitude of up here. Spending our lives always in and for the challenges and highlights is like turning up to an exam without studying, showing up to an ultramarathon without training, eating frozen chips before they're cooked. How can I give God my key moments in my life if I don't give him my every day? So what do I do? I can't claim to know what Joseph or Noah or Moses or Jesus did in their every day, but I can imagine. Along with sleeping, eating, pacing and wondering, there was also a lot of prayer, a lot of exploring God's word, a lot of building relationships, being in community with those around them. When we look to the Bible in Luke chapter 2, verse 40, it says about Jesus, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. So what did Jesus do with his every day? He grew. He experienced all that it means to be human and grew. That is a lot of everyday living. God wants our every day so that we can grow. Growing is an active state of being. It needs nurturing, learning, vulnerability, and rest. So here are some thoughts about my in-between time, my time between the montage frames. Firstly, it might not be about me. Now, we all have a story, and God has placed upon us a wonderful purpose and is going to use our lives for great things. But that doesn't mean that we have, don't have in-between time. And what I might see as a normal, everyday, mundane task, like going to meet a friend for coffee or reading my children a story before bed, might be a key life-changing moment for someone else. God might be using that for them, and we might never know about it. Two, God is playing the long game. We have the benefit of accessing the Bible, whether it's in uh, book form or on our phones or on our computers, unlike those who are living in the times of the Bible. The Israelites kept walking through the desert for 40 years, only for the next generation, and that hope that they will have peace in the promised land. Could you imagine if they just stopped and gave up? What would our story be then? Our lifetimes are just one puzzle piece of a much larger puzzle that only God can see. And it, there are so many people that I often think of that spend their entire lifetimes fighting for something only to have it realised after they've gone. For example, Steve Biko. He spent his entire life 
fighting for racial equality during the South African apartheid and would only uh, come to fruition long after he'd passed. Our lives are a part of a much larger story. Three, what am I actually offering God? God asks us to put our everyday before him as an offering. So what am I actually offering him? Am I offering him endless hours of scrolling social media or staring at my phone? Am I offering him um, short temper and harsh words? Am I offering him all the things I would never say out loud? Or am I offering him love, peace, kindness, patience? I want to make it very clear that I am not perfect. There are no perfect people. And I myself get it wrong way more than I get it right. And God wants us as we are in all our weakness and in all our mess. And we, when we lay before him that weakness and that mess and that struggle, he can do great things with that. But that doesn't mean I can't take an active role in my growth and in my in-between time. But the other thing I find is when I start my day by offering it up to God, it is a lot easier to make that offering a lot more pleasing to him. Next, I have just breathe. I can't remember who was giving the message at the time, but they talked about God's name, Yahweh, being representative of the breath that we take when we breathe in and when we breathe out. That means that every time we breathe, we are singing God's praise. We are saying his name. How can I not give God every moment of my life when every breath I take is singing his glory? All creation, as they breathe, singing Yahweh, as we sleep, as we eat, as we go to work, as we walk around, each breath singing his name. Finally, we're not alone. At Door of Hope, we talk about being Jesus-centred, others-focused, and together in community. No asterisks, no footnotes saying, only emergencies, save for a rainy day, only for a special occasion. This means always, every day, in everything we do, as we sleep, eat, go to work, walk around, with Jesus at the centre, focusing on others, together in community. We are side by side, a community and a family, always and every day, not just when needed. Yes, we come together in amazing ways when someone is in need or when we're people in our congregation or in our community are faced with great celebration and great challenge. But we can only do this because we are community between the montage moments. Now, I have a bonus one that I didn't prepare earlier. And this is don't forget to look up. Now, I'm a runner as much as orange and poppy seed cake is a fruit. There is some fruit in there somewhere, but the classification doesn't really fit. And so often I find myself focusing on watching my feet plod along, taking the next step that I forget to look up and look at what's around me. And often this can mean that I miss the beautiful views. It can often mean that I miss the massive obstacle in the middle of the road, i.e. massive um, roadkill and fall flat on my face and end up covered in blood. Now, making our daily check-in with God, offering it up with him, things like 
20 minutes in the chair, going to church, joining a small group, finding those key moments in your day to self-check, look up and give it to God can help you remember where you are going. Help me see the wondrous things around me and help me avoid the massive roadkill in the road. So those are my wonderings. And I would love to now hand over to my fantastic husband, who's actually going to put some practical stuff around it. Thank you. Well, that, was, that was amazing, Jess. It's great to be able to work with you in sharing this message today. So for those who I haven't met, as mentioned, my name is Adam. I am very blessed to be the husband of uh, Jess and surprisingly dad to the same kids. Now look, <laughs> when it comes to montages... Trust me, Jess will definitely be the highlight of this. I am just going to give you some practical tips because that is who I am. That is how I work. So like a classic Kubrick cut shot, think 2001 A Space Odyssey, I am now the Mostogel we are finishing with. So let's get into it. Jess has introduced the idea of montages. And this is something we've spent a lot of time pondering and working through. Probably Jess spent more time feeling and I'm going, how do I do this? A quote for me that I've always loved is from Stephen Furtick's book, Crash the Chatterbox. One of the main reasons we struggle with insecurity is that we're comparing our behind the scenes to everyone else's highlight reels. We curate our lives. We choose what we want to share. And we aren't great at sharing hard work. We aren't great at sharing the muck unless it gets us a few extra likes. But there is so much in our lives that we don't share on social media or even when someone asks us how you're going and we just go, fine, put it behind us. Here's two examples of how those montages are in our everyday lives. And these are things to celebrate. Probably all got trophies. I've got this really nice one here that I got. I was the finalist for Young Australian of the Year from Tasmania in 2015, with the Premier at the time getting that award. This is a beautiful trophy, but it is more than just the night that I got it on the 30th of October 2014, or the Australia Day Eve event in Canberra the next year. There is years of sacrifice, prayer, blessing, good things and bad that came in before this, and it has been years of hard work since. Yes, it is a great thing to look at, but there is so much more that is behind this that is hard and difficult. And here's one more that more might connect with. My family on my birthday last year. Now, yes, they look amazing. It takes hours to get my kids to look like this. (laughs) Jess is amazing at doing that. But we also, I'm sure, know that there is years of pain hesitation, joy, fear, and so much more in the lives of our families. This is what the montage is about. We think of these moments and we try and forget the things where we grow, where we learn, and where we're stretched. I remember hearing the quote, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. That's what these montages are about, the overnight success, because we don't talk about the 10 years of hard work. But that is what we are talking about in this series. And our God is one who is not afraid of work. God never stops working, never stops being present. But I think sometimes we try and compartmentalise God. We just put him in parts of our lives. We read our Bible, we turn up to church, we say grace and we go, that's it, we're done, we're good. We just keep God there and we think that that's enough. But Ephesians 4, 6 says that we have one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. God is active in every single part of our lives. God is in everything, not just the boxes that we supposedly let him into, 
but in everything. He's in the rocks, he's in the sunrise, he's in our words, he's in our lives, he's in every part of creation. God is in the everyday. And so, at least from this series, take time to see where God is in your everyday. But I want to go a little bit further. I know it's really late in the series to suggest renaming it, but I want to talk about every moment faith. See, even the montage, we can just think of, that was a good day, we've ticked that box for the day. But we need to talk about the God in every moment. God is working all the time and we can bring God into our every day, every moment, all of the time. And this is something I've been journeying on of late. I've been looking at where God is in the moments of our every day. Looking for God in everything. And it takes intentionality. It's a focus on embracing who God is, where he is, not just in the highlights and the montages, but in every moment that we might otherwise consider behind the scenes. Now, I do not have this by all means sorted out, but I just want to share some thoughts about where we can seek God in every moment. So I want to start with blessings, with intentionality. See, I've got a really specific example. You might say grace before a meal. My boys are better at this than, at, than anyone else in our family. Our boys will sit there when we have dinner at home or when we're out at a restaurant and they will not start eating because they'll go, you have not said dear God yet. Now, we sometimes will easily do it at home, but going out to a restaurant and doing it, it's a little bit harder. But that is something that we should bless. We should take God with bless over every single meal because every meal is a blessing. We should intentionally seek prayer. It's our connection to God, no matter where we are. Now, I'm one who does like to pray in the alone time. I am an introvert at heart. But that should not limit us from praying over our conversations, our gatherings and our meetings. Intentionally bring everything to God. Pray with friends over coffee at a cafe. There's nothing wrong with that. Pray in the car park. Pray everywhere. Bring it all to God. I have had way too many prayer sessions after hours catching up with friends, walking back to the car and taking like an hour at the car, putting it all to God. God is there. We should intentionally bring that to him. And maybe we should look for a regular prayer reminder. Janet's one about number plates was fantastic. Mine's a little bit different. Jess and I, a couple of years ago, did a full fast for Lent, a full Daniel fast. We didn't eat for six days a week. Basically lived on broth. As you can imagine, we got hungry. Surprise. But I found that every time I got hungry was a time for me to come back before God and pray and commit to him. I probably never prayed so much before, but that intentional seeking was really powerful to build really good habits. And then bring intentionality to the relationships that you have journeying with friends and those you respect. One of the things I've been on a journey with is actually working really hard to set a regular rhythm to the times to connect with people that encourage me, that inspire me, that challenge me, and also see God in a way that I don't. I'm going beyond simply running into them in the street or go, oh, I've got nothing on next week, I wonder who I can catch up with because I haven't seen them for a while. But ensuring that there is a rhythm to when we meet, an intentionality so that we can grow together. As Proverbs says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And as Jess mentioned, you might be in that relationship and that conversation and the other person is getting a lot more out of it and that is still a good thing. Thinking about giving to others, bring intentionality to your giving. I'm talking about your time and your money. Now, I used to be someone who made the regular bank transfer. Every fortnight, pay came in, money went out. I did my tithe. It was very much a set and forget situation to the point that I started to forget it even happened. Now that is not what giving 
is about. So for the last year or so, I have chosen every fortnight to write on the envelope or send the text message and have to type in or write in that amount every fortnight, bringing intentionality to my giving. Sometimes it's a joy, it's easy. Other times it's hard, the bills are stacking up, there's other things in the back of my head. It's tough, but it is about intentionally seeking God and putting him first in my finances every single time. And I do the same with the time that I can give, always looking for the things where I can give and bless with the resources that I have. And I still talk about time and being busy, and I am not a good one for this, but I am trying harder is to intentionally focus and meditate on God. Sometimes we get caught up in so many things, we actually miss the time to meditate and pause on what God is doing. I am weird because I find this time running. Yep. I only have to put one foot in front of the other, which I can do most of the time. But I'm outside in God's creation. I haven't got someone trying to talk to me. I'm not busy with an overloaded calendar at work. I'm in my head and I'm with God. I sometimes worship. I sometimes pray. Sometimes I'm sitting there wrestling with my tensions and my battles. Most of the time, I'm listening to sermons on podcasts. I feel like this might be one of the first times it gets a plug, but if you have not subscribed, subscribe to the Door of Hope Launceston podcast. Trust me. I, have, I listened to it a lot. Like Pre-COVID, I would travel, and it was the way that I could keep up with the series and the fantastic teaching that comes out of this church. Admittedly, I had been running. One time, I ran past Royal Park listening to the series I think we did on um, Elijah last year and People of the Fine Print. Steve is closing in prayer in my head, and who would run past me but none other than Steve Fitzalan. It's a strange feeling, but God moves. Um, Look, but if you only make our 10am service, I encourage you to listen to the podcast because there's fantastic things that are coming out of our Undone service. I know Ollie Mensah is speaking tonight. This series is powerful. Everything that comes out of this church, there's so many great things, but listen to those podcasts. I also listen to a range of other churches as well because I just find God seems to just plant these words at the time that I need them when I can focus and I can just be with him. And my final suggestion in this list is seeking God through reflection. I begin every day by reading my Bible, but I importantly take time at the close of every single day to think about my conversations, my actions, my relationships, and where God is in my day. Not just soaking in the teaching, the word, but it's about where God is moving in my life. And this is really important because I've always carried with me the comment that we live life forwards, but we understand it backwards. We understand it when we look back and see where God has moved over weeks and months and years. But we have to make that time in our lives to seek that. And we have to look at the moments. Not just the whole day, was that a good day or a bad day, but where was God moving throughout all of that? Sometimes we just need to stop because God is moving. But that is just me. That is how I make my faith more than what it is to an every moment faith. But what does this mean? Why should we live with this every moment faith? Well, the verse for the series, you've heard it plenty of times, Romans 12, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is your true and proper worship. So if we're going to offer ourselves as an act of worship, We can't simply do it by just putting part of our lives up. God, I'll give you my big toe, I'm going to keep the rest. It doesn't work like that. God is at work in every part of our lives. God is not just the montage. God is in the hard work, the pain, the joy, the battles and the tensions. 
And tensions is a really good way to think about it. See, tension's all about being stretched. Think about weights training. It's the tension is where we grow. We don't grow when we're slack. We don't get fitter sitting down. We need to push and find that tension. We need to train. We need to read the word of God. We need to see what it means. We need to stretch through our challenging conversations. It's a bit like this very quickly made slingshot. It only works when it's under tension. We have to pull it back. We have to be stretching to make this work. And we need to live in the same way. We need to seek God in the moments, building our strength and being ready for what God calls us to do, stretched and ready for action. And that comes through us growing and learning in God. God brings tension into our lives when we are learning, when we are stretching, through prayer, relationships, selflessness and worship. These often don't happen in the montages. They're often the hard work that goes on behind the scenes. The tension comes from everyday lives that we live, from every moment we are alive. Every moment is a chance to grow, to stretch, to seek and to tense. But it begins with a choice. But it's not just one choice. It's a choice that needs to be made regularly. And this, to me, sits at the heart of our everyday faith. Who do we choose to seek in the moments? Who do we seek to grow us? Who do we worship? We don't just make the choice once, and then that's it. It's a choice we have to keep coming back to and make again and again. We can choose to be ready, aware, and living for God. But this is not a choice that we should make lightly. Whether you're here in this room you're watching at home or you're tuning into the podcast, the choice is all of ours. And it's not a normal choice. See, by following God, we choose to throw away a life that is self-centred, that's all about amassing materials for ourselves and wealth for ourselves and making our name known. And we choose to make the weird choice, a life that is a sacrifice to others as we seek to store our treasures in heaven and we live as an act of worship to God. It's not just a choice that we make in the montage and then everything changes. As Jess said, I became a Christian 14 years ago in this auditorium, responding to an altar call. But I very quickly learned that that's, while that single choice is powerful, I had to make that choice again and again and again. Sometimes we slip. Sometimes we get distracted. I'm definitely not perfect standing here. But I know that through Jesus... We can be forgiven for the distractions, for the hesitations, for the caution that we put into our lives. And we can keep choosing God in every single moment. As I bring this to a close, this is not where it should stop here. Jess has shared about her journey and how her life has been going through. And we both live the same life in very different ways. I'm sure that connects with you and hopefully some of this does as well. But I honestly believe through intentionally seeking God, the God who is working in every part of our lives, we can choose to be in the moments with him. So as we move into a time of worship, take the time to reflect, to pray, open your Bible if you want, connect, lean closer to God, and if you feel led, of course, sing and worship. But take the time to think about the moments where you can invite God into, with intentionality, to make the choice to bring God into everything you do. Let's pray together. Thank you for the opportunity to have a faith journey. God, just thank you for the individual connection we have with you. It is a blessing and a blessing we choose. 
As we reflect on our everyday faith, I just pray that you can strengthen us to be reminded of that we are created by you and everything we have is an offering to you. Not just the parts we like, but every single part of us because you have created us. But as we reflect and respond, I pray that we not only seek you in every moment and every day, I pray that everyone who hears this is strengthened to make the choice when it's hard, when we hesitate, when we struggle. Bring your strength to us as we seek you in the everyday and the moments within them. You are a blessing to each and every one of us. And we thank you so much for that, God. And we can all say together, Amen.